All right. Almost to the weekend. It is a Friday edition of the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN. 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and always online, SEMOESPN.com. Eric Sean, the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Bolin, enjoying a vacation day today. Mike Rennick sitting in, and we invite you to join us right here in the huddle. Here's our EBOMD huddle hotline. It is 573-334-1220. 1220, the Huddle Hotline powered by EBOMD. If you'd like to email the show, here's our email address, sportshuddle1220 at gmail.com. Sportshuddle1220 at gmail. You can find us on Twitter at sportshuddle1. That's the number one at sportshuddle1. And if you want to listen on your smartphone, you can do that through our free app. It's the SEMO ESPN app. Just go to your app store, search for SEMO ESPN. It's a free download. Mike Rennick in the house. Uh, what's your weekend looking like? Uh, weekend looking like, well, going to obviously have a chance to keep an eye on some local sports and some regional sports with uh, the football, with the high schools, Mizzou football tomorrow, SEMO football as well. And um, we're going to be doing, uh, with the local scout troop, picking up uh, it's scouting for food weekend. You know, the, the hang the bags on your door last weekend and this weekend. Hopefully, you've put canned goods in it, and then we we have ours is sitting right by our front well, door. Come and pick them up on uh, tomorrow. So be doing that. Yeah, we got the scout uh, bag full, so uh, it's inside the door right now. We're gonna have to set it mm-hmm. outside it, the door. Yeah, you probably want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, plenty of high school football now. The normal schedule for this week is Saturday football. But you can petition the Missouri State High School Activities Association, MISHA, if you want to move it to Friday. And and Jackson has done that like seven times in a row, I believe. And I think you have to get the okay of the opposing team, you know, where you both kind of say, hey, let's, let's play Friday night. That's what we're used to. And that's what Jackson and CBC have agreed to. And so they'll play tonight at 7 at the pit. Uh, Cape Central and Eureka, though, they will play a Saturday game. So it'll be tomorrow at 1 o'clock in Eureka. So uh, we'll see how the Tigers do on the road. They had to win their quarterfinal match on the road last year. Close game, 14-10. to 10. So Jackson tonight, if you're not familiar with CBC, first of all, Jackson hasn't played in Class 6 for years and years and years. Back in the um, Carl Gross days, they played some Class 6 football. They've been Class 5 for a long time, but they have been bumped up this year to Class 6. So now they run into the kings of Class 6. CBC, since 2014, so you're talking about the last 10 seasons, this being 2013, 10 seasons, and we don't know what CBC is going to do this year. We know they're at least in the quarterfinals. They have won five Class 6 Missouri State Championships. They won state football titles 2014. Then they went back-to-back in 17 and 18. And they've gone back-to-back the last two years, 21 and 22. What we are hearing is that their star receiver, Jeremiah McClellan, who was already committed to Ohio State, 
That's about as elite as it gets yeah. in college football, especially for wide receivers. Uh, look at Marvin Harrison Jr. He'll be the top wideout drafted. McClellan missed last week's win, one-point win over Francis Howell with a right foot injury. He told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch he expects to play tonight, so we will see. Well, there he's one of, what, several D1 commits that that, that, D1 guys that, that team that has. Hey, you know what? I think I'd be curious if they... I'm sure over the, these last 10 years they've played in front of some crowds, but uh, I'd be curious if they've played in front of a crowd like we'll be there tonight. I say, I say they have not. I agree. I don't think they have. I don't think they have at all. It's intimidating to come to Jackson. It's got to be. It is. I mean, it, it, it's got to be. So, uh, thankfully, Jackson, you know, has the has the home game. And uh, you mentioned Francis Howell. Didn't Jackson play them? Play Francis Howell this year. That'd be the is that the one common opponent that they both have. That's correct from their schedules. Jackson beat him, and they beat him pretty good. Uh, it was a it was a very competitive game. Okay, all right. But I think I think Francis Howell in that CBC game uh, that what they had a chance to to tie, I believe, uh, decided to what, go for two. I think instead of kick an extra point to tie the game, um, so. I guess if you have that one common opponent to do any kind of comparing to, uh, it should be a very competitive game, especially at home. Week two, after the Indians lost the only game they lost all year, opening game at Edwardsville where there were 1,429 flags thrown by the officiating (laughs) crew. Uh, They lost to Edwardsville 30-21. Uh, Edwardsville got a cheap late touchdown after a Jackson turnover, so it was a close game. They beat Howell at the pit 42-35. Okay. Very good game, so they beat him by a touchdown. Howell is the reigning Class 5 state champions. All right. All right. They also have been bumped up to Class 6 like Jackson was this year. So, yes, that is the that is the one common opponent for the two teams and what you'll see tonight, first of all, Jackson's starting quarterback is out. He will not play Adrian Fox. It's a Liz Frank mm-hmm. injury to his foot. He's in a walking boot. Talked to him before the game last week, so he will not play. So you've got Drew Parsons, who's a sophomore. Now, he took a lot of snaps this year because Jackson has had big leads. So he comes in. When they've got big leads... They're not asking Parsons to throw the ball much. They're not going to throw the ball up big. So he has run the ball. He's a good athlete. He had a really good game against Sekman. Sekman is not on CBC's level. And hopefully Drew Parsons gets it done tonight. He's a sophomore. That was his first start last week on the road, playoff game. First half, he threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> they only ask him to run once. You know, they they want to keep him upright and healthy. Yeah, uh, I think they'll ask him to run more tonight. They they felt they're going to beat Sekman. Looking at the film, talking to Coach Nesbitt, they felt they could win the line of scrimmage. They felt they could run the ball on Sekman. They did everything they thought they were going to be able to do. So they didn't ask him to run. He ran one time on a. It was either a third or a fourth down. He ran for twenty three yards. They will have to ask him to run tonight. You know, whether they're calling RPOs or whether they're calling design quarterback runs, 
Really good athlete, good speed. So you are going if you're Jackson, you're going into this game with a backup sophomore quarterback who started one game, albeit a fantastic start, and he didn't play a snap in the second half. So that on paper, that stinks for Jackson that you don't have your starting quarterback, although you feel good about Drew Parsons. What CBC does, they have a two-quarterback system. They've got two guys. One guy's name is Cole McKay, 1,300 yards, 18 TDs, rushing and passing. And the other guy they use is named Jason Wiley, six touchdowns without an interception this year. So you'll see two different quarterbacks. They have tremendous athletes. They will have more athleticism and speed than Jackson. That doesn't mean they'll win, but that's the case. Getting over the top and trying to keep some of these lightning-fast Division One athletes in check, that'll be the charge of Jackson tonight, and they have been really good on defense, really good, really good on the point of attack on the line of scrimmage. So Jackson certainly has a chance tonight, and you like the fact that it's at the pit. So do they rotate those two QBs kind of just constantly, depending on what the play is, I guess? I think so. Yeah. I think so. That That's what you can kind of, you know, deem from looking at box scores right. and stats. So they will play two quarterbacks. Jackson has a phenomenal freshman running back named Jalen Hampton. Over 1,000 yards rushing, uh, 23 touchdowns, I believe. I mean, he is just hmm. having a marvelous season. He is a, you know, he's got a chance to break Jackson's all-time rushing record starting as a freshman. Uh, he is a next-level athlete for Jackson. So they'll try to establish that running game, and then they've got two take-the-lid-off-the-top downfield threats at wide receiver in Kai Crow and Blake Harris. So we'll see if they're able to hang with CBC tonight. Well, I mean, I think they'll hang with them. There's, in my mind, I mean, seems like, you know, they always, they always perform well, and they're going to be at home. And um, I like seeing that common opponent and how they've each played against that common opponent. And those games were good games, so it should be a good one. Can't wait for that one. Uh, I will not be there to see it, so I'll have to, like a lot of people, listen to it. Uh, online from Smithfield, Rhode Island, which is where SEMO <laughs> football flies out. We fly out at 1 o'clock today from Cape Regional Airport charter flight. And I think it's only like a two-hour flight to – I'm pretty sure it is two hours to Rhode Island. I think we fly into Providence, which isn't far um, from Bryant's campus. So. so you can get a good good little nap in there in that, in that two hours. No, I've got my iPad loaded. Obviously. Can't sleep on the plane? No. No? Can't be done. Never? No. Could never do it? Ever. Oh, man. Just can't do it. That plane starts taxing, and I'm out. Okay, so uh, the, the flight is supposed to leave at 1, gets there at 4.30 Eastern, so that's 3.30 our time, so two-and-a-half-hour flight is what they're project, projecting. And then... It looks like it's a 30-minute drive to the hotel. And then tomorrow, it's a 30-minute drive to the campus. So the bus miles will be minimal. Two-hour flight, that's good. The thing that Coach Took brought up in the uh, at the coaches' show, you were there, uh, in Jackson, was 
that Bryant is leaving the conference after this year, so they'll never play Bryant again. They're never going to schedule them for a non-conference game. Let's be real. I mean, (laughs) it's a a flight. Right. Uh, And he said, so we we go there for a team that is leaving the conference, and it's going to cost us about $100,000 for this entire trip. But he was not happy about that. Yeah, I mean, just to wrap up the season at this point, you know, obviously I know, you know, when you looked at the schedule early on, you were hoping that the trip would mean a potential conference championship, you know, or that sort of thing. And, um, But there's still a lot to play for, I know, as far as just the team itself goes and how they finish. And But, yeah, that's kind of a – that's kind of an extra little – little you know twist in the back that uh they're leaving the conference and you know just kind of a one-off basically and coach Tuke has not said who's gonna start a quarterback tomorrow they replace patrick heidert um so we shall see he said he at least monday he had not made a decision now might he have made a decision maybe uh but he was not sharing that so we'll see who starts at quarterback but uh, the bottom line is their season was derailed by the injury to Paxton DeLorent. Once he went down, it was going to be awfully tough for the Red Hawks. And Patrick Heider, you know, he played well against Tennessee Tech. He played well in a road win at Nichols. Uh, Greg Many came in. First pass was a long, long touchdown pass to Ryan Flournoy of 75 yards and so we'll see. He also threw an interception, just kind of threw a ball up for grabs. So he only threw five passes in the game, many. Uh, so we'll see who starts at quarterback tomorrow. But, you know, you're talking about uh, two elite players in Geno Hess and Ryan Flournoy. These are their last games. Yeah, as a coach's show, too, you were kind of going through the, the, the players on the roster that maybe are listed as seniors, but Coach Duke kept saying, well, they could come back for another year. We know Geno's done. Yes. We know Florida is done, right? I mean, but there are others that maybe I guess have a chance to come back if they want to. Um, he mentioned like, London, like yeah, London Manual. He's got another year, but he's yeah. going to choose to not not come back, I guess, because wants to start his career. But but yeah, there's several on that on that team that can come back. The whole COVID and all that stuff just kind of has made it hard to keep track of. It is very hard to keep track of how many years of eligibility guys have left. One. A uh, big offensive piece that can come back is Zach Gig. Yeah. And Coach Tuke said their All-American center has at least verbal to him that he wants to come back for another year. That's good. Yeah, I mean, especially as, you know, it's been kind of documented, the, the growth that needs to happen on that offensive line. And so to have him to be there with, you know, still a young offensive line will hopefully go a long way for, for next year. And it is young. And that what, three it, freshmen, is that right? Three right. that started this year? Yes. And that's been one of the uh the biggest obstacles to overcome this year is um they haven't been able to consistently run the football and they have given up a lot, a lot of sacks. So, you know, that's that was one of the question marks coming in and uh, Coach Tuka said these freshmen who are starting on the offensive line, they just need to get stronger. I mean, you know, the freshmen, they need to get in the weight room. They need to get stronger. He knows they will. And so we'll see if they've got one 
final charge left in them. I know they can't win the conference championship, but at the same time, they will play for pride, and they'll want to go out there and try to send the seniors out winners. So you're saying uh, Coach Napoli and the the O-line are going to be best friends for the next uh, several months. I bet they already have been, <laughs> yeah, uh, but probably. yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of off-season work that goes into it. Um, more college football. The Mizzou Tigers will take on the Florida Gators tomorrow at Furrow Field. And right now, Mizzou jumped up to number nine in the college football playoff rankings. So that. that is huge for Mizzou. And they got a chance to go 10-2 and two if they can beat Florida. And right now, they are an 11-point favorite tomorrow against the Gators. The unranked Gators. And then you go to Arkansas, and their coach is probably done. And you'll be a big favorite next week at Arkansas. Now, you can't take anything for granted. Just ask the St. Louis Blues, hmm. who played the worst team in hockey, the San Jose Sharks, and got crushed last night in San Jose 5-1. to one. So if you are Mizzou, uh, you can't be looking past Florida at all, and it's going to be a sellout crowd tomorrow. Uh, this is a really big game for Mizzou to really put a stamp on what they did to Tennessee last week. If, if you go out there and beat Tennessee and jump into the top ten of the college football playoff rankings and then lay an egg against Florida, boy, you lose a lot of that momentum that you that you built up with everybody nationally really giving Mizzou respect if you lose to Florida. Well, and this, you know, if you've followed Mizzou football over the years, this is a game they would lose. You know, this is a game that they would have momentum and then boom, they'd get they'd get bit. So, you know, if if they if they don't finish 10 and 2, it's it's a disappointing end of the season. It's it's an upset if they're not 10 and 2. Right, absolutely. Uh, and then it's a question of okay, which bowl do they get into? You know, who do they and how does that start, you know, those pieces start working together? Uh, if they finish that 10-2, and two, I know they look at how what how teams travel. Do they bring that crowds? That is the big thing. That's the big thing. Because, you know, right now, Mizzou has owned has earned a New Year's Day bowl game. Yeah, Those are absolutely. the elite bowl games. Absolutely. And it's, it's going to come down to, you know, come down to who they think are going to bring the people. I just hope, like, I'd like to see maybe, and I know we're getting ahead of it here, but like, like a Texas maybe, you know, that'd be a that'd be a fun matchup, I think. But I hope it's not like a Louisville or somebody like that, you know. Just well, Louisville's only got one loss. I I know, but and it looks like they're going to play Florida State in the ACC championship game. So yeah, I mean, they got a chance to upset the Seminoles. Yeah, that's true. But I know what you're saying, Texas. Texas is. Way sexier than playing Louisville. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. Kind of, you know, looking at similar type records, that would be a a, a more interesting game, I think, than, than Louisville. Other college football tomorrow. Um, we'll talk about the Jim Harbaugh thing here in a moment, but they've got a game at Maryland, so they will not miss Harbaugh at all. Louisville... Who is six and one in the ACC? Nine and one. They play at Miami. Could the Hurricanes rise up? Maybe. Uh, Miami's actually a one point favorite in that game. So Louisville's ranked tenth in the nation. Um, I would say two of the bigger games: Georgia at Tennessee. Now Tennessee just got steamrolled, so they're going to be breathing fire. A chance 
uh, to knock off the number one team in the nation, Georgia. That's a CBS game tomorrow at 2.30. Georgia, a 10-point road favorite in that game. And the big game that everybody should be paying close attention to is Washington at Oregon State. Oregon State is really good. They could derail Washington. Now, if Washington would lose with one loss and then beat Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, could they still get a shot in the college football playoff? Maybe. But it sure looks like Washington and Oregon are on a collision course. Oregon outplayed Washington in that game, but Washington found a way to ease by Oregon and I'm looking forward to that game. I would like to see Washington going undefeated, but they've been a little shaky. They're winning, but they've been shaky. And right now, the Beavers in Corvallis, one-point favorite over Washington Hmm. tomorrow. So there's five, is it five undefeated teams right now sitting at the top of of the uh, college? We've got Michigan, Ohio State, Washington, Georgia, Florida State. Florida State. So you got five undefeateds. Actually, you've got six, but James Madison, they are mm. they are not giving James Madison any respect, although ESPN is. Their college game day program is going to be at James Madison tomorrow as they take on Appalachian State. That'll be the Mizzou Bowl game. They'll play James Madison. No, no. They can't play a bowl game. They got denied twice by the NCAA. It's their first year at the FBS. You've got to go through a two-year punishment where you can't play in a bowl game. So three teams um, petition the NCAA about waiving the two-year thing and let them play in a bowl game. James Madison got denied twice. Jacksonville State got denied just the other day. They're seven and three, third uh, place in Conference USA. They're bowl eligible, mm-hmm. but the NCAA says, sorry, hmm. you don't get a bowl game, neither does James Madison. Is This this would be Jacksonville State second year in the, Believe so. belie- in the yeah. bowl championship? Okay. But they would not waive the... Uh, Wouldn't waive it. That's stupid. If you're FBS, you're FBS. Why do, the, why do you have to go through this transitional penalty phase where, sorry, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going. Don't like it. Isn't that the same way, though? Like Remember the- Bellerman? Uh, they just moved up, and they should have been the representative for their conference in the NCAA right. men's basketball tournament, yeah. and they got denied. And so Jacksonville State ended up going to the NCAA men's basketball tournament because Bellerman earned it, but they're in penalty phase hmm. moving up. That, that's the same thing with like moving to – like the end of the OVC, right? Like if you were to be a new team into the OVC out of like a Division two school. Right, like Lindenwood. Yeah, so if they win the championship. Southern Indiana. They wouldn't get the qualifier. Right. I don't yeah. know how long. Maybe it's two years also for that. I think it might be. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the bad news for James Madison. But even though they can't play in a bowl game, they get college game day tomorrow on national television. Friend of the show, Terry Spence, uh, sends a text that says, Tarleton, Tarleton State. Yeah, well, that was the third one that petitioned. That's the third one. Yeah. Okay. All right. They got shut down, too. So it was Denied. Tar- it was Tarleton, Jacksonville State, and James, James Madison. And James Madison. Yeah. Okay. But 
we're more concerned with Jacksonville than Tarleton, <laughs> right? I mean, because <laughs> right. they used to be. I mean, sure. You know, keep a little, basic. keep a little eye on them. They were in the OVC for a long time, so you've got that going as far as college football goes. I don't know if you saw this last night, Missouri playing at Minnesota. The two teams had not played each other in basketball since 1960. And with 11 minutes and 25 seconds to play in the game, Minnesota had a 20-point lead, 59-39. Mizzou closed on a 31-9 run and won the basketball game last night, 70-68, to down 20 with 11 and a half minutes left, and Mizzou came back and won the game. They didn't shoot a free throw until there was five minutes and 21 seconds left in the game. Mizzou. Mizzou didn't. Didn't get to the free throw line until just under five and a half minutes to go. And they end up winning the basketball game over Minnesota. That's a heck of a win. Uh, you were concerned when you were down by 20 on the road at Minnesota. That's a nice early season win for the Tigers. No matter how you got it, uh, you overcame a 20-point deficit. How many teams do not close it out 11 and a half minutes to go at home up 20? Not many. I have to admit I, I, I quit following it when they were down by 14. Then I saw the very end. Um, they've They've... That would have been a tough one, you know. I mean, I think the, what, they're kind of a bubble team, I think, from NCAA standards as far as the tournament goes. And I think winning that game will be very helpful uh, depending on how the rest of the season goes. But they got, you know, they got shellacked by Memphis. And uh, SIU Edwardsville played them pretty tight up until the, you know, the second half. Early part of the second yeah. SIUE went yeah. um, 16 and a half minutes without a point. They missed 16 consecutive shots at one stretch. So, yeah, that was a huge comeback for... What did Mizzou have? They had someone kicked out of the game, I think. Yeah. Um, He slapped the floor and was ejected from the game, and Minnesota shot four free throws. And that was kind of the 20-point lead or so, and then then it got erased. They They have a... Like a lot of college teams, obviously, there's a... Big turnover on the Mizzou roster, so still trying to get to know some of the players. A couple guys back, Nick Honor, um, Sean East is back, obviously, but a lot of new faces on the team. So, SIUE, we mentioned them and how they struggled in the second half against Missouri. They played Denver yesterday. And hit a three at the buzzer to win the game. Rayshon Taylor, their best player, hits a three at the buzzer. And they knock off Denver 77-74. You can probably find the highlight on um, social media if you want to find the highlight. Rayshon Taylor in the game, he finished with 21 points, but uh, hit five threes, including a buzzer beater to down Denver. So they bounce back nicely. They, I mean, like I said, I, I haven't watched many of the OVC teams, but they looked really good the first, I don't yeah. know, 24 minutes or so against three, Mizzou. I, I think Mizzou hit a three right before halftime to go up by seven. I think you're right, yeah. yeah. Something like that. But uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat in the OVC. 
And uh, speaking of the OVC, SEMO men's basketball, uh, that was a, a tough game for the Red Hawks. They were just non-competitive uh, against Evansville. They get another crack at them uh, next weekend when they go to Chattanooga and play in the Coke Zero Sugar Classic in Chattanooga where they'll play Evansville and Chattanooga. Uh, but I am really intrigued to see uh, what the Red Hawks look like from that performance, which um, Brad Corn basically said that was the most unbasketballish performance I've seen in my four seasons here for SEMO basketball. He was really disappointed. Now they've got uh, a very mediocre, if subpar, Central Arkansas team coming in on Monday. I'm really um, in anticipation of seeing how the Red Hawks respond to that and how they play against Central Arkansas. So that's Monday at Monday home. night, yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't look very good um, the other night against Evansville, which really, and Evansville really isn't supposed to be that great of a team. I know they've you know won a few games here to start, and I think SEMA will play Evansville again uh, coming up. But, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty disappointing, I think. I could see where Corn would say what he said. Um, they got a lot of they got a lot of new faces on their team, obviously. Um, so maybe just trying to find, you know, that rotation. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. I'd like to see more Adam Larson on the floor. You know, don't see don't he doesn't start, um, and he seems you know he seems like a guy that's got a lot of weapons with his ability to shoot and length and. So on. Did you and, see him take that ball to the rim the other night? Yeah. I mean, just from the wing, just went to the rim and finger rolled it home at 6'9". Yeah. Wingspan. So he's getting more confidence about taking the ball to the rim. Yeah. Um, but he's a tremendous shooter. He went into the game uh, the other night 60% from three, leading the OVC in three-point shooting percentage. Right now, he is instant offense off the bench. Sometimes coaches are like, yeah, let's not change his role. Sure. Um, but you never know. I mean, with as poorly as they executed against Evansville, maybe he shakes some things up. We'll see. And then they play because they do they play them again coming up pretty soon. Evansville. Yeah. They play them their first game uh, in Chattanooga in that post Thanksgiving tournament. That's right. Okay, post Thanksgiving tournament, but uh, at home on Monday. But there's a lot to a lot of sports going on right now, isn't there? It'll be a Saturday game, so it looks like I'll be out that following Monday. Um, Evansville, Saturday, and then Chattanooga. So, yeah, uh, a week from tomorrow, they rematch with Evansville, which is a rare thing. When you play a non-conference team, you usually don't get another crack at them that year, and who knows when you'll get another crack at them in the future, unless it's like a regional game that you play every year like SIU, which they do not play. And by the way, it is um, SIU's head coach, Brian Mullins, the lone reason why they're not playing SIU this year. He's the he's the reason. He's the reason. And Brad Corn not happy about it, but that's the way it is. Hmm. And he ain't corner buddies, man. I mean, they're SIU guys. Yeah. He coached Mullins. Anyway, so uh, they're not predicted to be that good. They've gotten off to a good start. I think SIU's undefeated, but uh, I think they're picked like ninth. In the Missouri Valley Conference, you know, they lost their top two guys to transfer. Uh, so we'll see how good they are. But they did not want to play SEMO this year. Well, that's a bummer. I know. 
didn't want to didn't want to take the take the loss. I guess, huh? I mean, I, that's got to be it. And they've been good 40, games. 45, 50 minutes from campus, man. you got to play that game. They play in football. They play in baseball. They play in softball. They play in everything, don't they? Yes, uh, yeah, Volleyball, everything. soccer. I mean, they play in all sports. Women's basketball. Who'd SEMO open with? SIU. SIU. Yeah. Yeah, that's disappointing. I didn't realize that, you know, I know sometimes the scheduling itself makes it difficult to get some of these games in, but didn't realize he didn't want to didn't want to play it. But I would think that you would always want to play that game. Simo women, they start a three-game road trip. This is what they're doing. They're at Illinois, so they're in the Windy City right now. Left yesterday. They play UIC tonight, the Illinois Chicago Flames at 7. And you can hear that game here. It is an ESPN Plus game as well. Then they travel to Evanston, which is a short drive to Northwestern University. They play Northwestern in a Sunday afternoon game. Then they'll come back home and then head to Springfield. They play Missouri State Wednesday. So it's Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, three straight road games for SEMO women's basketball. This is the first time in a long while I can't remember there being nothing over Thanksgiving. It seems like either the men or the women are always doing some sort of, of trip somewhere. Uh, I know you know, the team will leave Friday, I guess, to go out to Chattanooga, but it seems like there's a, a long trip. That's not happening this year for whatever reason. And, I mean, there have been plenty of Thanksgivings where I'm gone and you can't have, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I remember one year we were in New Orleans and I went to a convenience store to get a turkey lunchable so I could get <laughs> so I get my turkey. I have to have turkey on Thanksgiving. Uh, and then one night, several years back when Gary Garner was a coach, we played on Thanksgiving night in Brooklyn, South Dakota against the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Thanksgiving night. Was that part of a tournament or just one? No. Like a one-off? Just a game. Wow. Yeah. Well, sometimes you've gone, you know, to the Cancuns and places like right. that uh, around this time of the year. So, Simo, uh, they played in a couple of tournaments in Mexico uh, under Dickie Nutt. We played in Puerto Vallarta. Uh, and with Rick Ray, we played in Cancun. I was watching the Mizzou game the other day, and I saw Dickie Nutt on the sideline. David, there. David, that's right. You go to you go to their that's roster right. page, and it's David. Yeah, they uh, they. I... Do you what? think? Do you what think? Calls him do David? you think he's called David at no. Mizzou? Do heck, they call him David? Heck no. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's had a. You don't think all the coaches call him Dickie? Everyone. Well, calls I him would Dickie. guess that they would, but it's a tricky name. Yeah. Right? Sure. You can easily, you know, start lining up the jokes for <laughs> Dickie Nut, right? That's got to be the reason why they, they go by David on the website. Yeah, it's his given name, but nobody calls him David. What I do, don't know. What do you think his brothers call him? Well, they call him Dickie Nut. That's right. Yeah, but, but, but maybe he turned over a pr- new professional leaf. I would doubt it. Okay. I can't prove it. Okay. I can't prove it. So, there you go. Uh, Baseball. The only real drama, I mean, if you think about it, the only real drama 
that we had as far as the postseason awards go is who was going to win the manager of the year awards. You really didn't know. You know who the you knew who the finalists were, but as far as the rookies of the year, they were basically unanimous. Managers of the year, but Cy Young, we knew exactly who was going to win the Cy Young awards, and we knew who were going to win the MVP award. Shohei and Ronald Acuna Jr. Both of them were unanimous, and believe it or not, in the 92-year history of the Most Valuable Player Awards, that is the very first time that both leagues MVPs were unanimous. It never happened before. Hmm. That's how dominant those two players were. Yeah. And I hear some people complaining about, you know what? You know, they always want to get into the minutiae because they want to promote whoever their guy is, right? Uh, They get into the minutiae. Okay, let's break down the term valuable. How valuable was Shohei when they won 73 games? Well, they may have won 43 games without Shohei Otani. I realize. So, the people that make that argument, so are we only supposed to give guys who are on playoff teams or world championship teams the opportunity to be the MVP? They're only ones. That's ridiculous. Sorry, that's the way I feel about it. So, is the MVP, in your mind, who's the best player in the league? Yes, and they have a... They have a Player of the Year award, which right. is a separate award. Right. But oftentimes, the Player of the Year and the MVP are the same guy. Are the same same person, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think traditional. I mean, I guess, yeah, if you want to get into the weeds of it. And you, there are people that are making the argument when they make their most valuable, well, no one else is ever going to win the award as long as Shohei is a hitter and a pitcher. Okay, so? Yeah. it are, It's already happened when you have a outlier type of season like Aaron Judge did, why didn't he win it last year, Shohei? Because somebody put up a year that was just off the charts and he broke the home run record of Roger Maris. So you can't say he's going to win it every year because he's a hitter and a pitcher and he's the only one that does that. And then next year, he is simply going to be a DH. Yeah, he's not pitching. And we don't know how many pitches he's got left in that arm, how many high-level pitches he's got left in that arm after Tommy John. Don't know. But to just say, well, you know, we've got to make a separate award because as long as he's pitching and hitting, Shohei's going to be the MVP. Well, have somebody go out there and have an Aaron Judge year and take it away from him. Do you think if Otani and Acuna were playing in the same league, Otani would have won it over Acuna? I don't think he would. Not with an historic 41 Home run, 73 stolen bases. I was going to say the stolen bases, I think. And 147 run scored. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have been a close vote, and I think Acuna would have beaten him out. I think he missed 27 games at the end of the year, Otani, because of the injury. You know, you mentioned that the Tommy John, I mean, I think I think he comes back. and well, I mean, it seems like the science behind that surgery yeah. has, has become... You know, I mean, look at Jordan Hicks, you know, I mean, the guy, I know he kind of struggled there for a little while when he came back, but to see these guys throw as hard, if not harder than they were throwing, you know, before the the surgery, uh, it it seems like a lot of these guys come back and they don't really skip a beat a whole lot. 
Um, but, yeah, next year, I mean, he's not going to be pitching at all, and he's probably going to be on a new team. I mean, how how rare is that as well, to be the MVP and then no longer be on the team that you won the MVP te- you know, from? Because um, I, I can't imagine he's going to be an angel. No. It, isn't it crazy? I mean, all the ta- offensive talent that the Angels have had and how just pitiful that organization is when it comes to, you know, comes to record. Mike Trout, Otani, Pujols there, I know there's other, you know, other names as well. But um, it seems like that's where they stack up as much talent as they can, but they never turn it into wins or playoff appearances. Acuna also came back from an ACL tear. And his first year back, go look at what he did prior to his MVP season. He was not the same player. Not real good. And came back 100%. Even remember when Adam Wainwright came back from Tommy John, right? He It took him quite a while. And you watch anybody that comes back from Tommy John, it, it, it's not about velocity. It's about command. Mm-hmm. Always is about command. So I don't know how... Otani's going to respond. Everybody responds differently. You would think that he would be good to go. And uh, I don't know whoever is going to sign him. I don't know what kind of a clause they're going to work in there in terms of, you know, incentives for pitching, innings pitch, whatever. You would think that a team that's going to sign him is going to build in a little bit of an insurance policy for them in case uh, he does not come back and be what he once was. Uh, there are people in the industry who think he could get a 10-year deal with an early opt-out. That's a way teams can kind of protect themselves. I don't know. How much does the stock drop if he says, okay, I'm, I'm done pitching? I'm just oh, just going to be a hitter. A lot. You I think mean, a lot? Oh, I, I don't think he's a $500 million player as yeah. just a hitter. Do you? No. I mean, he takes two roster spots. Pitching ace. Three or four hole hitter, wherever mm. you, wherever you're going to put him in the lineup. Yeah, so that's why the speculation was 500 million. That's speculation. Who you know who's going to offer him whatever they're going to offer him, and there are many around baseball that believe the Dodgers are the favorite, but that the Giants are going to be right there, and lots of reports coming out of Chicago that the Cubs are going to make a run. Well, you think that's? Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, they, that, that's almost they like need saying to concern the themselves. Are make a run. <laughs> they need to concern themselves right now with getting Cody Bellinger back, which I don't know if they will because the Yankees are going to be all over him. Especially with the whole Giancarlo Stanton saga of uh, general manager Brian Cashman, who's been with the Yankees for twenty-five years. They haven't been to the World Series or won it since '09. A lot of pressure on him. He gave a defensive press conference where he was wearing sunglasses, defending his front office, dropping F-bombs, and gave an interview uh, with one of the New York papers about, you know, Giancarlo Stanton. One thing we know, he's going to be hurt. That's part of his game. (laughs) 34 years old. He hit 190 last year. I mean, you know, he's clearly on the downside. And when they signed him, they were coming off uh, a series where they went to the Game seven of the American League Championship Series, so they were right there, 
and they signed him off his MVP year, and he played 158 games for them the following year. Uh, but everything has gone downward since then, and he's a right-handed hitter. What they need in that ballpark is a Cody Bellinger. They need a left-handed slugger, which is why everybody believes they're going to make a strong run. I don't know how much of the contract they'd have to eat of Stanton if they did want to move him. But the Yankees are going to be chief competition for the Cubs for Cody Bellinger. Was Bellinger, was that a one-year deal with the Cubs? Yes. Just a one-year deal. One-year deal. Yeah, and I think he, I mean, do you think his numbers surprised people? I mean, he he had a great year. He had a fantastic year. Uh, He was the catalyst offensively for the Cubs. All right. um, So the MVP voting, if you want to see how it, all shook out. Otani in the American League, all 30 first-place votes. 24 of the 32nd-place votes, if you had to guess. Who do you think? Corey Seager. Yes. Followed by Marcus Semien. He got five second-place votes. So Seager was number two, and despite missing, man, what did he miss, 30-plus games? He missed quite a few. And he still led the majors in doubles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. And it was the World Series MVP. So it was Otani, Seeger, Semien, and then a distant third was Julio Rodriguez of Seattle. For the National League, Acuna, all 30 first place votes. Who do you think got all 30 second place votes? All 30. All 30 second place votes. Uh, on, a, on a year that Acuna didn't do what he did, this guy probably would have won another MVP. I don't know. I'm stumped. Mookie. Oh, Mookie. Mookie Betts. Mookie followed, Betts. Followed by Freddie Freeman. And then Matt Olson, third. Yeah. So you had two Braves, two Dodgers in the top four. And then uh, sixth, Juan Soto. Corbin Carroll outpointed Juan Soto. Uh Corbin Carroll, who was a rookie of the year, finished fifth in the MVP voting, and mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger finished tenth. Mm-hmm. So you had two Braves, two Dodgers, zero World Series appearances to uh, to uh, be able to cash in for those players this year. Lots of NFL news, and do you watch the Manning cast? I do not know. Oh man, no. Sorry, it is. F- it is more fun to watch the Manning cast for Monday Night Football than it is to watch the actual broadcast. Patrick Mahomes was on the Manning cast with Peyton and Eli, and we're going to play you a little bit of that when we come back. How smart is Patrick <laughs> Mahomes? You're going to find out uh, one of the areas where he's really smart when we come back. It's the Sports Auto Mike Rennick in for Jess. Simo, ESPN. Friday edition of the Sports Huddle on Simo, ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM. And you can find us online always at SimoESPN.com. 7 o'clock game tonight. Simo women at Illinois, Chicago. Rusty Hendricks will have the play-by-play here. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Mike, uh, another Sunday without Chiefs football, but... They will be playing the Monday night game, Super Bowl rematch with the Philadelphia Eagles. I am stoked for that game. Maybe That, the, maybe, that should be fun. Maybe one of the biggest games of the year from, yeah. a, from a matchup standpoint. You have the Kelsey brothers, right, playing against each other. Correct. 
who apparently now put out a Christmas album or something like that. I Whoa, think, I, think I, I need details on that. I think I heard. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun. That will be a good one. All that, right. Is that in Kansas City? Yes, Arrowhead. It is. It's at Arrowhead. All right. Uh, I love the Manning cast, and so do a lot of other people. The ratings for the Manning cast, fantastic. So they had Patrick Mahomes on, and during the game, they asked him for a prediction of what the Broncos were going to do here against the Kansas against the uh, Buffalo Bills. So they've got a first down at the Buffalo 15-yard line, and they're talking to Patrick Mahomes. Listen to this. Do you think the Broncos are going to score, and how how are they going to score? Run, pass, who are they throwing to? What do you like? They're going to run it twice, and then a, a hard play action on third and short that's going to get a touchdown. Love this. Wow. Love that there thinking. Yeah. It was a run last time. It was a run last time. Yeah. Good run. Run. Good run. Wow. There's the second, the second run. one. There's the second run. I'm pretty sure they hit that against oh, us, but I'll, I'll, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, 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 the double spin. Double spin. Throw it up. Throw it up. He's in. He's in. He's in. He's in. Oh, he dragged it. That's a touchdown. Wow. The runner completed the pass. Touchdown. Touchdown. There we go. Look at Mahomes. Get him up it. there. I don't recall anybody else predicting run-run-pass combos. Perfect. Right above Kimmel and Dez. Omaha! Mahomes <laughs> predicted two runs, hard play action, pass for a touchdown, and that is exactly what happened. I remember seeing that play. I mean, that was a heck of a catch. Uh, originally, they ruled it incomplete. They said he was out of bounds, and they yeah. went to the replay, and they yeah. overturned. How about Mahomes? Yeah, right on it. I mean, that, yeah, that's that's fun. That's almost like the you know the Tony Romo stuff, you know, in, from the booth, predicting the play. And um, is I mean, is Mahomes? He, he's the face of. The NFL, is oh, he not? Man, absolutely. I mean, he's he's just uh, he's exciting to watch, obviously, but personality is great, and um, I have to catch that Manning cast. It is really good. I'm, it's I, on ESPN too. I've never heard of it. You just go now. It's not every week. It's almost every week, but they do take some breaks. I don't know if they're. You would think they've got the Manning cast going for Chiefs and uh, yeah and Eagles. So do they? Do they have like? The game well, is always on, and they got players, and they got uh, 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 oh, Lindsey Vaughn was on. Okay. And this last one, the skier. Uh, they've had LeBron on. They've had uh, actor Will Ferrell. I mean, they've, they've just got really big-name people. Oh, I got you. That come on the Manning cast. It's really, really fun. They are funny, and uh, they make fun of each other as brothers. <laughs> And Eli is always making fun of the size of uh, Peyton's forehead. He's got a he's got a fat head where they've expanded his forehead. <laughs> I mean, it's just it is funny. It is really really good. But they also break it down uh, and, and keep an eye on the football game. And Peyton and, and Eli are so smart about these things. Okay, here's what they're doing defensively in the whole. And and last week was a little extra because it was the Broncos. Peyton. You know, he's yeah. got Papa John's, you know, locations in Denver. He was a Bronco, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. So he's openly rooting for the Broncos the entire time. And he's mad when they have a bad play and, you know, they fumble and turn it over. It was, it, it's fun. So it's can, fun. can you see the game? Like, can you actually? It's all, the game is always on. Okay. And then you can see there, you know, they got split screen. They're over on the left-hand side. I and got you. You can see them on camera. And, okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, 
Uh, are you familiar with Christopher Mad Dog Russo? I am. Okay. A little bit. Yeah, one of the pioneers of Sports Talk Radio, right. Mike and the Mad Dog in New York uh, at WFAN back in the 80s. Uh, and he still has a national radio show. Uh, but he, over the last year, has been on first take with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, for years since the 80s, listened to Mike and the Mad Dog. Huge Christopher Russo fan, so we brought him on first take. He's on every Wednesday. Mad Dog, he has a segment, What Are You Mad About? And he goes crazy, like he does yeah. on the radio, if you've ever listened to his show. So he gets he gets uh, extremely worked up. He has been worked up about this Michigan thing with Jim Harbaugh. Now, this is Wednesday. Yesterday, the news came down that... Uh, Harbaugh and Michigan, they're dropping their appeal. They're dropping their court case. They're just going to take the three-game suspension and move on, uh, and he'll get ready to coach in the Big Ten championship game. Well, the only caveat is, unless they beat Ohio State next week, they don't get to play in the Big Ten championship game. So they got to beat Ohio State without him on the sideline. He can coach every day of the week right? Leading up. until midnight on Friday. He must leave the facilities, and he can't be there on game day. Okay. And that's ba- his suspension. And he basically is the one that's taken the taken the heat for the university, right? I yeah, mean, they, it, the Big Ten says we can't prove Harbaugh knew it, but we can prove something know, happened. Yes, that okay. they no that they were sending advanced scouts. Right. I mean, they got video of uh, this guy, the advanced scout that they sent on the sideline in Central Michigan gear on Central Michigan sideline, standing behind the Central Michigan coach. Who didn't challenge? Who are you? He knew the guy at Central Michigan came from Michigan. He was on Harbaugh's staff. Anyway, they've got plenty of evidence. <laughs> but here is uh, first take from Wednesday during the What Are You Mad About segment with Christopher Russo. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. And Michigan makes it sound like they got some raw deal. And how dare you do this to Michigan? When they trade it, did we kill the Astros? Did we kill Belichick? That Michigan is acting like they somehow got a raw deal. And by the way, no more Michigan announcers on television shows. <laughs> Stevie, Stevie, defending Michigan's program. That's you got it. no credibility. Guys winning Heisman trophies. Well, boy, how can I, do I wonder who you're talking about. Nonsense. <laughs> they cheated. Take the punishment. Take the two extra games and move on. <laughs> Desmond Howard. What are you talking about, Stevie? Desmond Howard coming in. Desmond is a college football player. Five minutes, we're going to get advantage. He can call into the show. We're going to get talking about. Yeah, five minutes. I made that very clear. Doggy, you out here starting mess now. Yeah. You finna get, what mess did they make? Desmond, Bobby. Des- you, yeah. He fin- you finna hear from Desmond. How about Charles Woodson? Uh, yeah. How about Woodson is on Fox during the pregame on Saturday saying, this is a disgrace. You can't. He's got no credibility for fighting out loud. You start, you start network wars, man. He's a Michigan Hall of Famer. He's a high to you with it. What are they going to say? Yeah, you know, right, Michigan did cheat. Let's suspend him. He ain't going to say that. <laughs> Talking about Charles Woodson was on the Fox pregame show. They brought him on and asked him what he thought about this Michigan thing. What do you think Charles Woodson's going to say? Is this when they played Penn State? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think Woodson's going to say? And he cussed 
on national television saying it is bull spit yeah. about the whole you know investigation and the cheating thing and then of course Desmond Howard is on college game day and he was not a big fan of the investigation either sure but Harbaugh took his medicine yesterday along with Michigan they accept the three game suspension which is Penn State Maryland tomorrow next week Ohio State and the Big 10 agreed to drop any further investigation about the sign-stealing scandal. And it's not about stealing signs. It's about breaking the rule of sending advanced scouts to the stadium. That's a rule. That's a rule. That's what they broke. Now you can you can you can decide for signs. Sure, you can figure it out. Yeah, but you can't go there electronically, and you can't be there in person. Now that's the Big Ten. I guess the NCAA could still do an investigation. Correct. The NCAA has not said that they are with you know suspending their investigation. Right. But now keep in mind, this is a college football coach who's now been suspended for two separate incidents in the same season. He was suspended to start the year right. for multiple games. Yeah. And now another suspension for something different, which is why I believe he's going to the NFL next year. And if it all would work out, go to the Bears, where he was a successful quarterback for them. Uh, they draft Caleb Williams. They draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and turn the fortunes of the Chicago Bears right around. Now, anyway, Now that last statement i think is a little blasphemy i don't know if they'll turn the fortunes around of the bears on paper you got thought justin fields was going to do and it hasn't hasn't happened yeah i don't think justin fields was rated as highly as caleb williams or if you get drake may i mean either one of those quarterbacks they're going to get a quarterback and there's a good chance if they pick third uh whoever picks second and it's probably going to be the giants who's going to pick first uh the panthers but the Panthers' pick belongs to the Bears. Where are the, where are the Cardinals going to fall in there? Uh, just depends. Uh, they're blowing it right they now. They need to quit winning. They're blowing it <laughs> by bringing Kyler Murray in, and they won the game, and I, they hurt their draft stock. I know. So you're Cardinals. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, the I, I thought Mad Dog. I, that, know, yeah, it's funny. It's pretty funny. It's a funny segment. He gets He gets wound <laughs> up. But they find topics to get him wound up. And usually it's topics that he's already covered extensively on his uh, talk show. All right, so we've got uh, Jackson and CBC tonight. Uh, The athleticism edge is certainly going to go to CBC with all their D1 athletes and uh, McClellan, the wide receivers, going to Ohio State. Uh, It's a foot injury, did not play against Francis Howell. Uh, He told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch he plans to play tonight. is that accurate? How close to 100% will he be? Jackson goes in with a backup quarterback who has a postseason playoff victory under his belt. Start last year, Drew Parsons. The line I always use at Jackson, you won't be able to get anyone else into that stadium without lubricant. Uh, it's going to be absolutely wall-to-wall fans. They will be three deep all the way around the field. You're talking seven, 8,000 uh, we'll be in Jackson tonight at the pit. It's an intimidating place to play. CBC has won five state championships in the last 10 years, including the last two in Class 6. Who you got? I'm going Jackson. I think the pit is the difference. I'm agree- Jackson. I'm agreeing with you. I think it's going to be a tight football game, and I think Jackson finds a way to get it done. And if it's a close game late, 
Jackson has a kicker. Their star wide receiver, Kai Crow, big leg, kicks a lot of touchbacks. Uh, he's probably he's well over ninety percent with his PAT kicks this year. If it comes down close game late, they've got a weapon if they want to line up for a potential game winning field goal. Just saying. All right, looking forward to it. All right, uh, what else? Uh, what else you got going this week? Oh, and uh, we did mention the Blues uh, gagged up their three game winning streak, losing at the worst team in hockey, the San Jose Sharks. They didn't just lose. They got run out of the building 5-1. to one. They started uh, the youngster, Joel Hofer, gave up four goals in the first, I think, 18, 19 shots. Mm-hmm. They dragged him out of the game in the second period. Biddington came in, uh, only gave up one goal the rest of the way. So I was kind of surprised to see him get the start. I mean, I you had a, a day off. Um, at least the first game, maybe you go with Biddington. Yeah. Uh, he's been He's been great. He's been... You know, one of the top goalies in the league from a stat standpoint. So he's been great. Been winning a lot of games, and uh, I, don't know I think he'll be back in there tomorrow night yeah. against LA, and then they turn around a back to back at Anaheim Sunday. The uh, LA game tomorrow night, nine thirty. Sunday at Anaheim, seven o'clock. Then they uh, then they head to Arizona. This four game road trip. That was the first game last night. Yeah. See, like he's only going to get. Well, I guess he could, he'll get two of the four, but. You know, out of these three, usually don't start back to back. So if right. he starts tomorrow, he won't start Sunday, and then, um, yes, yeah, so I, I don't know why they didn't start him yesterday. And uh, bad news for the Cincinnati Bengals losing Joe Burrow to what we're told is a wrist injury. The NFL is now investigating because they were kind of secretive about putting out the information about Burrow and the injured list and. Uh, they're very touchy about that because they are in bed with all of the gambling uh, entities, DraftKings, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. They want that information out there so the betters uh, ha- are completely informed on it. Uh, but that's bad news. They're five and five. So are the Bills. Mm-hmm. There is an opportunity here. There's a chance the Bills and the Bengals don't make the playoffs. Who would? How much money could you have won in Vegas? Now they've still got a chance, but. There is a real possibility at 5-5 five and five for both of those teams. Neither one of them make the playoffs. How much – what do you think the odds you could have gotten in Vegas if you bet neither of those teams made the playoffs prior to the season? Probably uh, you'd maybe be winning a lot of money if you bet against them. But who else is in that division? Um, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. It's a good division. Yeah, it is. And there, there were a lot of injuries last night on both sides, that, you know, both teams. Yeah, Baltimore lost its tight end for the season, for the season it looks like. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Have a good trip. Yes. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, Jess will be back on uh, Monday. Uh, you know, and, and again, you are you don't have any big plans for the weekend? No. Just going to mention the scouting for food and yep. going to follow all the all the sports. There's plenty of them. It's a fun time of year with everything kind of going, minus baseball. But yep. everything else is, is rolling pretty good. Go Kyler Murray. Go Cards. Yeah, there you go. All right. Mike's See a big you. Cards fan. Mike Rennick, that'll do it for us. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Back on Monday.